Five in the Eye with Michael and Phil. It's news, but is it new? Hello and a very warm welcome to episode 0348 of Five in the Eye, your weekly news review show on Colourful Radio. In London, I'm Phil Woodford, looking forward to looking back on five of the stories that have recently caught our eye. And this is me, Michael Ohujuru, joining Phil via Zoom this week and revealing our top story is about the cost of the war in Ukraine. While we all want the fighters in Kiev to prevail over Putin, but how far are we prepared to go in terms of our own inconvenience or suffering? Five in the eye. For story number two, we talk about Big Dog, a.k.a. Boris Johnson. Has Ukraine got him off the hook over Partygate? Hmm. Three this week, it's the madness of the people who, wait for it, claim the war in Ukraine is a hoax. Is there anything that isn't subject to conspiracy theories these days? What's number four? Well, some people have suggested renaming the London street in which the Russian embassy sits after President Zelensky of Ukraine. (laughs) And finally this week, we wrap up the five. We return to the long-standing photographic evidence that President Putin is fond of a facial facelift and a bit of balmy Botex. It's hard to say he shows a friendly face, though. And that's this week's Five in the Eye. Five in the Eye. We have to kick off the show this week with Ukraine. And Ukraine as it impacts us. Because we look at the way petrol's gone up in price. We've all seen it. It's almost cost me almost £100 now to fill up the car. Extraordinary. And we're looking at gas. Gas prices going up. With the Gas price went up. 10 times. It was something like 50 pence a litre, a, a, a therm, and it's gone up to something like 500 or even more. 500 pence a therm, extraordinary figures being brandished about. And so we're, we're, we're going to have to pay the price of this. There's, we're gonna, there's going to be a little bit of financial suffering, you know, because one of the things I, I didn't realise how important Ukraine was to the grain market, the world's grain market. So Bread or flour could go up in price. In terms, bread could go up in price. So there are prices that we're going to have to pay in terms of our living standards uh, as as we as we put these sanctions on on Russia. And at first pass, I was thought, yeah, yes, we should do all these things. Then, then I had to stop and think, Phil. You know, am, am I? How far am I prepared to go in terms of my living standards? To, to support this war. And I have to say, you know, I'm going to say, this sounds very altruistic. I'm going to say, whatever it takes. Because from, from, from our side, from the West, what we're doing here in Britain is these are only kind of a small sufferings. People are losing their, their families, their children, their mothers, daughters, their families. So there's, the, the Ukrainians have a lot more to, to lose. And Phil, before I pass over to you, I think the important thing we're going to lose beyond the people is the things that we stand for. The, the so-called the liberal West, the economy that we created that allowed people to move freely, the ideas and people to move freely around Europe, we exchange ideas, we'd be losing that to this tyrant. So I see this, the, 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 these, um, these increases as, as our contribution to the war. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to, you know, to, to make them because... It, it's important to me. What about you, Phil? Are you prepared to well, make this, this, these sacrifices? Well, 
I, I, I am, but I recognize that I'm in a relatively privileged position. Like, I mean, that, you know, I just got a, an email through from my gas and electric company this week, and it told me how much more I'm going to be paying for my gas and electricity come April. And it's more than 50% increase um, on the, on the price that I've been paying up until now. Now, you know, I am lucky. I've got work. Uh, you know, I do okay. Um, I can, you know, I, I don't like it and it's a squeeze on my standard of living, but it's something that I can probably tolerate in the short term at least. But there's other people who would get the same news from the electricity company and this could be an absolute disaster for them. And, you know, um, because they're already teetering perhaps uh, just about making ends meet or maybe already below that poverty threshold and to get the news of these increases is is is, is uh, really heartbreaking for them well i, I mean I buy that sorry no well i i was gonna i was gonna say also that um that there's there's a problem in that this ukraine crisis comes on top of prices already rising and we know why there were supply chain problems uh, with brexit um, and the coronavirus and all of this. And so things were going up and up and up. And now, just when we thought they couldn't get any worse, they've got worse. And, and Phil, that, that unfortunately is the reality of this war. Just as we thought COVID was over, suddenly Putin, Putin decides to go, go to war with, with, with Ukraine. I would argue this is an opportunity for the government to step up. At the same time, they're saying on, on a bigger front, we can't go to war with um, with Russia because of the implications for world war. So the government has to has to fight the war in a different way. And part of that war is, is fighting at home, helping us at home to fight that war. So they've got to look after those people. Okay, Phil, with respect, leafy suburb Phil does not need a subsidy from the government. He can sort himself out. There's many, there's many people around the country who do need the help. And they were making, you know, Rishi made this for that 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 two hundred pound, two hundred pound. He's going to help people with. He's got to go further now. They did it during COVID. They sorted it out. No one would suffer. And I just, I, I've just got to say, you said it then. No one would suffer. But you've got to say things now. You know, you've got to help these people now and be upfront. No, we, we haven't. We haven't got to bleed this out of you. You know, we hold. You know, you know, hanged around your neck. You've got to take, you know, you got to step up to the plate and say, yes, we're going to be proactive in this. We're going to protect the weakest because this is important. So, Phil, I'm with you and I understand your concern about the, the price of going up, but then the government has to step in and do something. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, th- I think you're right. I mean, I think there's clearly a, a role for government in trying to ameliorate the worst effects of this. Uh, but you, you're absolutely right to say as well that you know it goes beyond the petrol at the pump. It goes beyond the gas, um, a gas bill that arrives on the doorstep. It feeds directly, all of this stuff feeds directly into the cost of food. And then you've got things like the harvest in Ukraine and so on. So we're seeing all the costs go up, aren't we? And, and it's all, it, it, I mean, the people are talking about double digit inflation being a possibility, which is something that only someone your age would remember, Michael, back from the 1970s, the idea of double digit inflation. Um, Economists are using this terrible word, stagflation, for Europe. The idea I'm not going to go there in terms of, this is introspective now, thinking about our condition. 
Well, there's a bigger thing at play. You know, what did he used to say in the war? Don't you know there's a war on? And it's not just that physical war, that death has come, but but there's the the political war, the the politics that we live by, the freedoms that we enjoy, they're on the line now. So we we, we have to do something about them. What did you think think about that debate? You know, there was this debate about, should we stop the import of Russian energy? And Joe Biden stepped and said, yes. And the UK was able to say yes, because we're not so dependent. But the Germans get... Uh, 40% of their gas from Russia. The Netherlands, very iffy about the whole thing because they th- they say, look, we can't possibly shake off our dependence on Russian energy straight away. Not Phil, but th- this is where I think Putin has got it wrong. And I hope you'll let me bear with me. Putin thought the West was weak. Johnson was on the way out because of party gate. The, the, um, Merkel had just gone. The, new, the German chancellor was new in position. He had these right-wing people in place in, in Hungary and Poland. But, but, uh, the, the French have got an election coming up and the right are looking quite strong. He thought he was in a position of power. or he was, the, the West or Europe was among the weakness. You know, you know I'll, I'll layer on this. On, and the fact, what's happening with, with Biden? And is he the real president? You know, Trump's undermining the vote. All this instability in the West. What he succeeded in doing he succeeded in uniting the West, no question. Mm. And this goes further than that, Phil. I'm going to come back to your point. Like we're talking about now filling the gap in oil, this uh, this uh, 400,000 or 500,000 barrels or whatever it is from, 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 from Russia being filled by Venezuela, mm-hmm. a pariah nation. You know, they were, they were Trumpist. But he's stepping into the, the he's, he's, you know, Murado's stepping into the, the breach now. In fact, he's made some moves. He's released two Americans. So he's looking to kind of, ease, you know, I'm ready to negotiate. I'm ready to, if you'll ease the sanctions on me. And then if, the, if they're going to do that in, in Venezuela, what about Iran? What about welcoming Iran back to back in and bringing Iran oil in? So no, Phil, I think there's, there's opportunities here to bring, to bring the world together even on an even bigger basis. And to our advantage, to stabilize the, the, the energy supply. So no, so Phil, this is so this is another another, another way. Putin has failed. He has failed in his uh, in, in in his mission. Five in the eye. Story number two this week. Well, do you remember, Michael, that there was this brief window between the world of COVID and the world of the war in Ukraine, where the only issue on the agenda was when Sue Gray was going to get her famous report in, and um, when uh, an issue such as, was there a birthday cake at a particular do? Was there tinsel around Boris's neck at a particular uh, party? And so on. You remember Partygate, the scandal, because uh, we know that the Tories had been really taking the mickey out of all of us because whilst we were locking down, uh, they were having a rave at Downing Street. Um, and um, this was thought to be about to bring Johnson down. And then suddenly the whole build up to the Ukraine crisis, the, the war and so on, it almost seems now, doesn't it, that it's embarrassing to mention Partygate because it seems so trivial in comparison to the carnage that we see uh, on our television screens in Mariupol or, or, or Kharkiv and, and, and almost churlish to bring it up. And has Johnson got away with it? No, no, no. 
And you can see now I had to smile. He's still at it. He's still at it. What was it? World leading, world leading visa, a visa application system. World leading, world beating. Do you remember? We had the world beating vaccination. We're going to flatten us somewhere. We're always the best. Yeah. <laughs> Very Trumpist, isn't it? And right. we know this. We know it's pure nonsense. Mm. Johnson nonsense. <laughs> Says the, the reality. What was it? I sort of figured that the, 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 the polls, they, they processed 800,000. In the same time, we've done 50. Yeah, I mean, it, it, <laughs> well-beating. That's where the world-beating. Dis- dis- I mean, I know. I mean, it is it, it is funny at one level, Michael, but it's such a disgrace at another level. I mean, and, and Johnson goes on about how generous we are. This is a world, you know, as I've said before, it's a world where night is day and day is night. I mean, you know, he he, he stands there telling you the exact opposite of, of, of what the truth is. Do, do you know, Phil, I think... Uh, Right now, there's, don't you know there's a war going on? As they used to say during the, the Second World War. So people just are focusing on that. But at the same time, Johnson, he, he just keeps, the more he keeps on big, bigging up the government, unrealistically, this nonsense about, about um, uh, visas and such. It's just, it, it just, just, it, it, it leaves, it's lying there. It's, it's on the table. People know it's there. There's a bigger thing at stake. And I, 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 would, I would argue in May, the, the coming elections, we'll see how the, gov- the people say, Mr. Johnson, we don't quite believe your government. Your government is not the full shilling. There's bits missing from it. But we do know that in order to get rid of Boris, you know, you do need to build up a bit of a head of steam in the Tory party. So there's this this famous 54 letters need to go into the chairman of the 1922 committee. We're never sure how many have already gone in, uh, how many more are yet to go in and so on. But there was a period where it looked as if that tipping point could be reached. And we almost seem to be back to square one with that because you can't really imagine, can you, that anyone is going to be pushing for his removal while the crisis in Ukraine still rages? Well, I'm a great, I'm a great follower of Marion Hyde in The Guardian. She speaks a lot of sense. <laughs> she talks about everyone's thinking, but no one's saying. You know, I'm, I, it, 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 you remember that, that, that slogan? Are you thinking what we're thinking? Mm, yeah, that was uh, yeah, Michael Howard, I think, for the Tories, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking the Tory party are, are in that state now. The fact that they can't say it because there's a bigger thing at stake now. But Johnson is, he, he's just a blackguard and a buffoon. I mean, do you, you know, think it's, he says, do you think it's, it's fair like, to say? I mean, I'm going to put a direct question to you, Michael. Now, and you know, this will be recorded in the annals. So, so please consider your answer very carefully. I'm going to ask you the question: Is it possible the Tories could a go into another election with Johnson as the leader, and b actually win an election with him as the leader? They could certainly go into an ele- another election with him as a leader, but in terms of coming out of it <laughs> as leader, as leader. As leader I doubt it, because people have can see, have seen through it and the reality of it, and, and particularly for those those uh, those so those people who voted for him, believing there was a breath of fresh air and Brexit was going to get things done and we're going to move on. And when you look at his cabinet, you sur- the people he's surrounding himself with, and when you look at the people, the ordinary people, 
You know, we're still, these are all millionaires, eaten, educated. They're a million miles away from us. Yeah. A million miles, even though the ethnic, even though the ethnic, when you, the caliber as well, Michael. The caliber, the the pretty Patels, the stories. Thank you, Phil, thank you. Even though the ethnic balance may seem right or the gender balance may seem right, but they're not, they don't reflect the country as such. When you've got a billionaire, okay, he's married to a billionaire, he's not a billionaire, but the chancellor. And he's, he's, probably talking, not, he's probably not short of a few carbs. He and he said, I'm giving you 200 quid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah. committed. Thank, thank you, Rishi. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm minded of that one. I know I've said this before. When you got the, the Queen during the days of, uh, of Cameron uh, uh, giving the, uh, the Queen's speech, you know, and the headline in the Independent, woman with million pound hat tells country to be ready for austerity. <laughs> you, know, you know, the as long as we got that kind of, those are the optics. The Tories, I'm sorry, those million pound hats, they got to go. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, Big Dog is not going to win another election. And I think the Tories, therefore, if they want to win another election, they have to get rid of him. And the only question is when, and we wait Ooh. to find out. Live in the eye. Our third story this week is about um, misinformation, disinformation. It's about hoaxes. It's about people, those people who talked about the moon landing being shot in a studio in um, in Hollywood. Or that 9-11 was also filmed in Hollywood. There's people who really believe this stuff. And on, on the surface, you can see why. Because there have been so many compelling videos, you know, that, that, that lead you to think, this is not quite right. You're looking at people doing, of touching up blood makeup on people, you know. You, you're, you're speaking now about Ukraine, aren't you, Michael? Because <laughs> some, of the, some of these conspiracy exactly, exactly. Actually, so, actually so, so. believe that... The Ukraine war is not really happening, is it? Is this this is what you're telling me? The, the, the it's not just that the Ukraine was not happening, but the things around it are not true. And they point to the one I was taken in by. I, was, I have to look twice at this. This was a video. It was in a. It was in German, but it was a. It was a man talking to camera, and behind him were all these body bags, and then one of the body bags started moving. So he had to go and kind of you know, re, re, reset this body bag. What was what was really happening? This was to do with climate change. This was something f- f- filmed in Ven- in uh, in Austria. It was nothing to do with with, with um, Ukraine, but it been it, it was it was it was billed as being from Ukraine. So they're taking these pictures so, so, or these videos. I mean, obviously there there are some very weird and gullible people who believe all this stuff, but there's also some very nasty and cynical people who will take some video footage of a demonstration in Vienna against climate change, and they will pretend and dress it up like it's something that's going on but, in but Ukraine. Phil, that's Phil, quite deliberate, Phil, isn't it? Phil, the problem I've got with this is I was initially convinced that this was, I was well, not convinced, I was confused as to what's going on. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and at the risk of being a bit technical, they talked, you know, when you look into this, there's misinformation and disinformation. And, 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 and what we're talking about here is disinformation, where there's some sinister 
well, that's the right way to sin. Just people wanting to be nasty, to spread spread bad news or create bad news or create uncertainty in my mind, as they did with me. I thought, well, that's not quite right. And then you become uncertain as to what, what, what as to what what is reality. And and sadly, Phil, that is pure Russian esque. That, that 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 that's the Soviet Union or, or the, 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 the um, that Putin is part of now in terms of. You can't quite believe them to the point. Well, it's the government we don't know. Move on. So, I mean, do do we think that the you know the people who are saying this war is not going on are they sympathetic to Russia or are they the same kinds of people who will tell you that the COVID vaccine uh, is 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 uh, danger and that you, you're getting COVID from five G and all this kind of nutty <laughs> stuff? I mean, is it is it the same people, Michael? Well, that's exactly that's exactly the problem, Phil. And we the short answer we don't know. The long answer is these people exist who are just there to be nasty, to be mean, to to create this uncertainty. But at the same time, this is this is the what this is the, the pure Putin playbook. This, this is the, the, the Russian Secret Service playbook that's undermining the West, that got Donald Trump to power, that created the uncertainty around Brexit. And we were discussing last week about Redfish, this um, the Munich-based PR, the Munich-based PR agency run by the people who used to be part of, of, of Russia today. So you, 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 you can't quite believe these people when, 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 when they give you a piece of news because there's an agenda. We don't know. Many of the times, we don't know what the agenda is. This is where this this disinformation is so so annoying. Well, it's more than annoying. It's quite. It's 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 threatening the stability of the West, as we've seen with uh, Trump and Brexit. The, the the consequences of it. What are the answers, Phil? What are the answers? I think this. It, we just need a, a well informed public 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 who are who are who are ready to understand the difference. I'm sorry for being technical here, Phil disinformation and misinformation yeah i mean i think the message here is always double check and uh, and always think where's this come from and who's mm-hmm. post the source so you've got to start thinking about people's sources and the motive thing that you know i hope that you know kids lessons and so on you know you you look at the source of the information and you make some judgment as to whether it might be biased or got some kind of agenda but it, it does frighten me that people could actually believe that what we're seeing in ukraine isn't happening that you could be so self-deluded that you could believe that really really astonishes me but michael we see a lot of astonishing things and we talk about a lot of astonishing things on five in the eye don't we we certainly do phil five in the eye story number four this week is about a road in London. Uh, It's in Notting Hill, and um, it's the road on which the Russian embassy stands. And, you know, the Russian embassies around the world um, are probably the subject to quite a lot of protest at the moment. And um, I know in the Republic of Ireland, there was even an instant where a lorry was uh, driven in in the last week into the the building um, or the, or the, the outer outer reaches of the building um there are calls in london now for the road in which the russian embassy stands to be renamed zelensky avenue um after 
of course, Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, who's become this star figure. We talked about him last week, didn't we, on the eye, Michael? Um, what do you think of this idea? Um, and um, th- this is the ultimate trolling of Vladimir Putin, isn't it? Well, in the song, this is a very difficult film. The short answer, it's too easy. And we're seeing it across, you know, Latvia, Albania, a lot of countries are renaming the street which, which houses the uh, Russian embassy with, with and, and giving the street a, 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 a link to Ukraine. I would argue this in some ways, if it's too easy, then why bother? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't serve any purpose here. And there's just, just a tokenism. There are bigger things they can do at a governmental level. At people level, we, we can protest and, and, have the, and show the flag. I think, I think that's enough to go around changing the name. I know it's, it, it, makes, it makes the point, but it's too easy. Mm-hmm. It's too easy, Phil. It, it, it's, um, it, it, we, we need something more substantial, more substantial. And I, think, I, I, I think if you went to uh, Zelensky and his government and you said, do you want us to rename the streets in London after you? He would say, no, we'd like you to impose a no-fly zone. Thank you <laughs> thank very much. You, over. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Know, thank you. Because uh, we're fighting a war over here. Um, exactly. And, 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 and so it is. it does seem rather silly and rather tokenistic. Although, you know, obviously you have this fantasy of letters now being addressed to the Russian embassy at Zelensky Avenue and then being forced to open them, of course. But, you know, but, but I'm, I'm tempted to say, who cares? Let, let's have something substantive. Substantive? Substantial. You know, that, 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 that's going to affect Russia. And let me be direct, the Russian people, to get them to think about the, their man, renaming it Zelensky Avenue, is, is a small bit is, is a small bit of tokenism. I know it, it makes you smile. I know it does a smile. I remember back in the day there was a move. They they the 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 South African embassy they, they, around the world they renamed the street that was in Mandela Street, mm. and it was it was. I never at the time I thought no, nah, nah, let's do something more substantive than that. But, I mean, know, on the other hand, if they, if they were going to rename it Oajuru Street, you'd be very happy, wouldn't you, Michael? <laughs> As long as they spelt it correctly. And talk of spelling. Is is your starter for Tenfield? Spell Zelensky. Ah, Zelensky. Yeah, I see it spelt a lot of different ways. But I I, I believe Z E L E N S K Y Y, maybe. No, Two double Y's Y. No, I, this, double, it's, this isn't the same box as Kiev. Mm, yes, we're talk, you know, people yeah. talking direct from Kiev rather than Kiev. Because because Kiev, we we always used to eat a chicken Kiev, but not anymore. Because apparently Kiev is how the Russians pronounce it, and Kiev or Kiev is how the Ukrainians pronounce it. I mean, I I have to admit I was ignorant of that, Michael, until the, <laughs> the conflict. Exactly. Thank you for resolving that. So when I see double Y, okay, you're you starter for ten. Give me a word in the English language with a double Y. A mm, double yeah. Y. Um, well, yeah, true, true. But then, uh, then I, I, I wouldn't say Mr. Zelensky has to fit into the patterns of the English language, Michael. No, but we're writing his word, his name in English. Yeah. So you think just the one Y would do? Well, I'm tempted to say the Times. The Times has one Y. Mm. Why oh why? We ask ourselves. <laughs> oh, we're going to finish off this week. Story number four. With, or even uh, story number five. Thank you for that, Philip. Thank you for keeping up with him. 
five in the eye. Study number five this week is about Putin's face. Putin's face. Now, I've not noticed this until it was pointed out to me. And then I, I found an article. Got, you know, this, is not, this is not current. This is not 2019. And it shows you his face from back in the day to today. And it looks, you can see the Botox. He looks back in you know, 20, 2014. His face is all full of lines and wrinkles. He, looked, he looks a wizened man. A wizened man. But then, thanks to Botox and cheek fillers and eye lifts, we get this strong, jaw-listed, jaw-listed? <laughs> That's the right word. Jaw-empowered, mm. jaw-faced. Square jaw. That's, that's the way I look. Square jawed man that we have today. So this this sixty this sixty year old man has come on. So from ten years well twenty twenty. Yeah, because I mean he's actually about the same age as you, isn't he, Michael? Now he's younger. He's a younger man, but he looks so bright and shiny. He does. Do you know what, Phil? I've prepared something for you, Phil. You know, you know, we do research on five in the eye. We do, and I want to. I was minded of Napoleon. Are you going to say oh. what? Well, well, don't tell me he had Botox as well. No, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to show you a picture of Napoleon now. When he first came to power, when he was a young man, a, a, a vigorous young man. This Paul is great radio, Michael. One of your pictures. Our listeners are just I'll, loving I love great sharing radio, in the great picture radio. on Zoom. And yeah. then, there we have, Phil. This is something I prepared for you. And there we can see, that's Napoleon with his with his hair all over the place and looking noble when he was a young general defeating mm. the Italians. And then when he comes to power, he starts to look like Julius Caesar. Mm. And look at Julius Caesar there, Phil. Well, Julius Caesar and uh, I mean, Putin. Putin. That square-jawed you, you, you think direct they're all, vision. They're all <laughs> modelling themselves on Caesar. Did <laughs> this movement towards... Julius Caesar has the ultimate visog for the supreme allied commander, ruler of Europe. Are you saying we've moved from chicken Kiev to chicken Caesar? <laughs> chicken Caesar. I'll, I'll, I'll have that with chips, please. I'll have that with chips. And what's up? Putin has done this. He has. He's moved forward. When you look at, when you look at the, the, the 2010 one and when you look at the 2022 one, it, it, it's Caesar. You know, he's gone on that Napoleon trip that, you know, I'm going to look, I was going to say locked your, I've got to get it right. I'm going to look, I'm going to look you like square It's your. obviously obsessed with his image because you, you get all those kind of what I could describe as calendar shots of him, you know, on horseback, bare chested or hunting bears and things, don't you? Bring, bring exactly. You know, I'm the one on horseback with that gun in his hand. You know, he shoots from his from his horseback. He shoots. He goes, and what? Just as just as a small aside, I, I note the the um, the judo association have, have uh, removed him from one of their as one of their um, uh, sponsors. He's lost his position there, so I guess there'll be more of that. But this is, this, I guess, this is what power does to you, Phil. You've got enough money to buy enough Botox and and face moving people. You can create an image, a face for the ages, even though we know it's not really you. You don't look a day over 67, Michael, and you you, <laughs> you haven't had any Botox, I know. <laughs> Thank you for that, Phil. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really do. Five in the eye. Well, that's it for another week. When you come back at the same time next Friday, you'll find that Phil and I 
I've had a little work done. And we'll look a little better than ever on radio. We hope you enjoyed episode 0348. If you want to contact us, please do visit our Facebook page. But for now, this is Phil Woodford wishing you well for the week ahead and saying goodbye. This is Mike Lohadjur saying, if you have been, thanks for listening. That's Five in the Eye, wrapped up for now. See you next time. Goodbye. Five in the Eye with Michael and Phil. It's news, but is it new?